Hello, I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, you know, folks, I have been representing uh, law-abiding criminals now for basically 35 years, and I've seen themes repeat. And the thing about themes that repeat is you need to learn from this stuff. And I got to tell you, just recently I had a case, guy called up, and I'm saying to myself, oh, God, the fundamentals. And you know what? I want to share with you the mistake so you can learn from others' mistakes. It's critical. So what do we have? We have a guy who came from another state visiting relatives here, brings his guns that are legal for him in another state, brings them to his parents' house here in Jersey where he's not a resident. And one of the guns is a modern sporting rifle known as in the world of the anti-gun propagandist, an assault firearm. And he had some ammunition that was hollow nose ammunition and had his handgun and his handgun had a problem Murphy mag in it. And even having the handgun, no exemption at your parents' house when you came from out of state. And what happens? Well, there's a dispute between him and a ex-girlfriend that he knew. And the no violence or anything, but it doesn't matter. Call the police, and lo and behold... Uh, he was not at the house. He was not there, but where this all took place, uh, remember, he lives in another state. So the police make inquiries, even though it hadn't even gone yet to a domestic violence restraining order or domestic violence complaint, but they were investigating and such. And the girl made allegations against him, but there was skepticism, I guess, on their part. Anyway, they wanted to hear both sides. So, lo and behold, he's read his Miranda rights. Actually read his Miranda before they questioned. And what does he do? He talks. He tells them everything. And I ask him, you know, you told him that... You know, you had guns, you, where you came from, all this stuff. Now, nothing about the problem with the allegations she was making, because he's innocent of all that. He didn't have any problem. But he's talking and talking, and I said, look, I said, you were read your Miranda rights. And, and I, I always I have to ask this, because it just drives me nuts. You were read Miranda, where the police say, you have a right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be held against you. You're right to an attorney, blah, 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 right? You read those rights. And said you were read them. Yes, I was. And you still decided to talk. Yes. 
Why? Why? Ready for the answer, folks? Because I've heard this many, many, many times. And the answer he said was, because I didn't do anything wrong. Oh. You didn't do anything wrong. Now, let me just tell you, I get why you might think you didn't do anything wrong. And that's because you're basically a law-abiding person. You don't ever intentionally do things wrong. You know that the BS that the other person was saying was just that BS. And you believed firmly you didn't do anything wrong. The problem is, as far as New Jersey law is concerned, you not only did something arguably wrong, but committed, in New Jersey's eyes, offenses that are insane in their seriousness. Draconian, beyond belief. We're talking about 10 years in state's prison, a minimum mandatory three and a half years in state's prison for possession of what Jersey calls an assault firearm. Three and a half years, no chance of parole is the minimum best sentence you can receive. We're talking about a presumption against release so that you will be held the entire time pending your trial in jail with no release. We're talking about another charge on the handgun of up to 10 years in state's prison and three and a half years minimum mandatory, no chance of parole. We're talking about one and a half years for every hollow-nosed bullet you had and one and a half years on the mag that held over 10. That's what you're facing because, quote, you did nothing wrong and you thought it was a good idea to talk after being read Miranda. Because if nothing was said, there would have been no, no basis for anything further, anything having to do with guns, because you didn't even live in New Jersey and there was no search taking place. But once you admitted to this, now you gave the probable cause for the search. Now you've laid it out for these charges. Now you have totally effed yourself by talking because you didn't do anything wrong. And that's the problem. Look, I don't, I don't blame him for believing or thinking this way, but the problem is you can't do that anymore, particularly now in America particularly in New Jersey, you don't know all the laws, and you're in a foreign jurisdiction. The state you were from, you were 100% legal. None of that would have mattered. None of it was a problem. And in Jersey, they make it some of the highest level felony level offenses. They can make it with the most extreme draconian minimum mandatory penalty. You didn't know any of that, right? Didn't know a thing about it. Had no clue. And that is why you don't talk, because you know what? I'm sure in your heart you believe you didn't do anything wrong.
But do you know every law? I know I don't know every law. Do you think you know every law? Do you think you know every law in a place where you didn't even, where you're not even living, just visiting? Of course not. And so it's very sad to me to see this, very frustrating. Because law-abiding citizens, they don't shut up. Bad guys know to shut up, most of them, not all the time. But unfortunately, law-abiding citizens think they can just talk and it'll be fine because they didn't do anything wrong, you see. And it's lousy when it happens. It's evil, frankly, I think, the way these laws are there and entrap otherwise 100% law-abiding citizens and face them with such insane penalties that will destroy their lives, their hopes, their dreams, their finances, their careers, their families. So what? Jersey doesn't care. They get to say they put another person away for having an assault firearm. You know, one of those guns that have offending features on it, like like a like a bayonet lug. Oh, you know how those drive-by bayonettings and how bad bayonets are, and there's a lug for one of them. So, you know, this is the thing. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all politics. It's all a narrative. It's all a political agenda. And as truly bad people are not prosecuted, let go, let out, back out on the street to repeat, gun owners, gun owners become victims of gun laws. And I see it over and over again. So that's why I don't want to see any of you become a victim of gun laws. And you got to believe in the whole Constitution, not just the Second Amendment that we all love. And part of that Constitution is your right to remain silent, your right to shut the F up. You have that right. Men and women died for that right. You stand on that right. It's right to have an attorney. So you ask for your attorney because that's going to put a shield between you and the government. You don't have to consent to searches. Don't consent to anything unless your lawyer advises you, with only a few narrow exceptions, such as, you know, on the road with a breathalyzer or that kind of thing. But with this situation we're talking about here, and you're read Miranda, at that point, if you're ever read Miranda, you know, rockets should be launching, flags should be flying, horns should be blowing. Shut up. Say, I want my lawyer, period, end of story. I don't care if the police want to give you the winning pick six numbers. You say, I'm not saying anything, I want my lawyer, talk to my lawyer. You have to stand on your rights. It's critical for you to remain a law-abiding citizen and not a victim of these horrible, destructive gun laws that New Jersey has no problem heaping upon us. And we're going to talk about some more of these gun laws. And I want to mention to you, you know, we're, we're in a, some positive news about 
us being able to finally get our carry permits because of justifiable need being eliminated thanks to the Bruin case. But there's still so many problems. You can't become complacent. We still are just at the very beginning of having to take down these gun laws that are so destructive to law-abiding citizens. And New Jersey still has its permit systems in place, and not just for carry, but also, you know, your permit to purchase a handgun or your firearm purchase or ID card, and you need those to get handguns or long arms, and all these things require licensing. And what we're seeing is problems that have been plaguing us for a long time and now have gotten worse, and that is exorbitant delays, delays on processing your application. The law for handgun permit and firearm ID card is they're supposed to approve or deny, they being the law enforcement agency, processing your permit applications within 30 days. The problem is that law doesn't have that much teeth in it, and even though it should be followed and there are other aspects to it, but look, this 30-day window, it ends up getting blown away by insane delays and I know that a lot of people suffer from having their license applications delayed. And remember, a right delayed is a right denied. So you don't want to be delayed. And the same even with carry permit applications. We're hearing even about agencies that won't even accept them. Police departments say, we're not accepting any applications right now because we don't know, even know what we have to do or how to do it or how to handle it or whatever their excuses. And they're not allowed to say no. They can accept your application and deny you, and their denial can be wrong, and then you can challenge it, but they can't say you, you can't even apply. And these delays are outrageous. And people call me and they say, Evan, what can I do? You know, they have this department that is dragging their feet it's been three four months and i can't get anywhere what what can we do what can we force them and you know i have a department that won't even accept my application what can we do well let me tell you something my firm has focused for years and years and years on helping individuals get licensed we're happy to do it and we fight licensing denials and appeals and we fight forfeitures and we do all that but when it comes to these delays, where it's simply a matter of delay, even though you'll in all likelihood get granted your license if you're not otherwise disqualified, you just need this delay addressed because they're dragging their feet and nothing's putting a fire under their ass to move on your license application. Something needs to be done here. And they're ignoring it or they're letting it grow or they're so backed up. When it comes to this, I have an important suggestion and advice for you. First of all, when you've requested your status, do it in writing. Send a letter, a nice letter. You know, I submitted my application uh, over 30 days ago, kindly advise as to the status. The reason I say a letter is and not an email and not a phone call, is a letter is a piece of paper. And when that piece of paper comes in, it's still a bureaucracy. Something has to get done with that paper. That paper will go in a file, 
probably in the file that has your application in it. And now it's a memorial to the delay. And they see a paper. They will have to deal with it. It keeps confronting them. It gives you more of a chance of getting action than something that could easily have been ignored or forgotten, such as a phone call or even an email. But the piece of paper has physical presence. And by you keeping a copy of it, you document your paper trail. So after sending any number of these letters, after waiting reasonable periods of time in between, you now show how much you reached out and got nowhere. Should you have a problem and have to appeal it, you have a paper trail to show how negligent the department was in even processing your application. But let's say now you've come to a point where you look, you need some help. Well, there's an important thing you can do. And that is you can join the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They are the NRA affiliate and New Jersey's Second Amendment powerhouse in New Jersey. They are our gun rights group for New Jersey. They are an umbrella organization of all these gun clubs, and it is an excellent organization. As a minimum, every gun owner in New Jersey should belong to ANJRPC, the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. And if you're not, you should be ashamed of yourself because they're the group fighting in Trenton. They're the group that is in the trenches defending our rights. And even though a lot of these bad laws passed, they could have been so much worse. I mean crazy worse if the association hadn't been there to fight and to mitigate them. And the group does incredible work. Uh, it's President Kathy Chatterton and... Uh, Executive Director Scott Bach are great people. And I'm honored to serve on the board as well of the ANJRPC as a board member, and I assist anytime I can with legal issues for our state gun group, right? Happy to do it. You need to belong. But let me give you a selfish reason to belong. Other than protecting our rights and the greater cause that we all love and believe in, and that is that ANJRPC also runs something called the Strike Force, the Permitting Strike Force. I like to call it Operation Strike Force. But the Permitting Strike Force is where if your town is delaying your application, call Operation Strike Force and you will be in touch with uh, Dan Schmutter, who's another attorney and colleague, a great guy and someone who I'm proud to be friends with. And Dan heads this up, and he, through association, will be able to help you in trying to address these towns that are abusing our rights and not processing in a timely manner. So this is a good tip if you have this problem. Join the state association, contact the permitting strike force. You can go right online, go right online to anjrpc.org for the ANJ, ANJRPC website. And if you plug in ANJRPC and 
permitting strike force google that you'll come up with the link for that too it's another way to get to it join our state group and if you have these problems take advantage of the permitting strike force which has been extremely effective in helping gun owners in New Jersey when we come back I have some great letters to talk about and I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing about them For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer, and I uh, love reading letters, and I have a letter here that raises an important issue, and I want you to know how this is running in Jersey and what the story is, because it is an incredible problem that has been created by Murphy. Let me read you the letter. It's from Bobby. It says, regarding unserialized shotgun. I now possess a Sears Roebuck 12-gauge pump-action shotgun that my father purchased in 1956 when he was 18 years old. It does not have a serial number on it. Can I legally possess this? If not, what do I do with it? And the problem is that what Murphy did in his bill, both packages, was he passed part of it amongst many things that we've talked about, is the banning and prohibition regarding and how it operates, I'm going to explain to you, unserialized firearms. And just recently, he upped the penalty for possession, for, well, let me back up from that, upped the penalty to second degree on unserialized firearms. But the law is written in a very odd way. And I want you to actually hear the statute, and I'm going to explain it to you because this has been critical as it comes up because there are literally millions of unserialized firearms out there that are 100% legal. We've mentioned this before, but I really want to hammer it home here so you can understand what is going on. They're called NSN, no serial number guns, 
And prior to 1968, it was perfectly legal because serial numbers were not federally required. So many of these guns, like Bobby's 1956 pump shotgun, that's a family heirloom there, many people are in this boat, and uh, Jersey did not exempt them. Here's exactly what's prohibited. And it's uh, under New Jersey statute. It's under NGS 2C 39-9, if anyone is interested in actually looking at it. Go to subsection N, and here's what it says. Transporting a firearm manufactured, sorry, let me start again. Transporting a manufactured firearm without a serial number. That's the title of it. In addition to any other criminal penalties provided under law, a person who transports, ships, sells, or disposes of a firearm manufactured or otherwise assembled using a firearm frame or firearm receiver as defined in subsection K, we're going to talk about that in a minute, of this section, which is not imprinted with a serial number, registered with a federally licensed manufacturer, including but not limited to a firearm manufactured or otherwise assembled from parts purchased or otherwise obtained in violation of subsection K, guilty of a crime. Now, folks, this felony-level offense, very serious, but what is prohibited is transporting, shipping, selling, disposing of the firearm. Oddly and interestingly, not possessing it. So if you happen to have one of these pre-68 guns that never had a serial number to begin with, then you can keep it, possess it in your home, but don't transport it. Because if you're caught transporting it, you have a problem. Now, what is subsection K? How is this firearm receiver or frame defined? And what it says is, as used in the subsection, firearm frame or firearm receiver means the part of a firearm that provides housing for the firearm's internal components, such as hammer, bolt, or breech block action and firing mechanism, and includes without limitation any object or part which is not a firearm frame or receiver in finished form, but is designed or intended to be used for that purpose and which may be readily made into a firearm frame or receiver through milling or other means. So if you have an unserialized 80% piece of metal, that qualifies under this. But also, if you happen to have an unserialized firearm that you lawfully acquired that was legal with no problem, even under federal law and still is, well, that's now a problem in Jersey. And the prohibition is on transport, shipping, selling, and disposal of it. So in order here to answer Bobby's question, the answer is keep it, but do not transport, ship, sell, or dispose of it until we can knock this whole law out as unconstitutional, which I'm sure there'll be challenges to it. And under the Bruin case, knowing text, history, and tradition, I don't know how this can stand when having firearms without serial numbers 
is something that has existed for most of the existence of firearms. Okay? Plenty without serial numbers ever since. It's only a modern thing to serialize firearms. So this is, uh, and no less have any laws preventing owning a firearm without a serial number or transporting a firearm without a serial number. So hang on to it, but for now, don't do any of those other actions with it. Hopefully we'll get it cleaned up. But that's the factual understanding of what this no serial number firearm business is all about. Also received another letter from Anthony. This is Anthony saying, hi, Evan. Hope you're doing well. My question stems from the recent Roe v. Wade decision that was put forth by the Supreme Court. Down the line, with a different collection of judges sitting on the bench, is it a possibility that they could alter the Bruin decision causing reversal of the new carry criteria? If that's the case, it would seem even more imperative to make sure that you get to the ballot box come election time. It's one of those too-good-to-be-true type of decisions, so there's always a fear that it could be taken away from you. Any thoughts? Well, in theory, that is absolutely possible, but it's very difficult, rare, for the Supreme Court to reverse precedent. It did happen in Roe v. Wade. That is true. But it took an enormous buildup and incredible, not just political change, but changes in understanding about the Constitution and its interpretation by judges such as really the groundwork being laid by you know Scalia, Justice Scalia. And as a constitutionalist, reading the Constitution and saying, okay, uh, where's that right that they're referring to? Hey, I don't, I don't see it here. So there's a reason, and that's because it ain't there. And if it's not there, how do we have it? And it ends up becoming something that retrospectively the court reverses. And the court has reversed itself in other cases, you know, separate but equal, you know, got reversed. There have been... But it's it's not common. Now, that does not mean that this cannot happen here. But I think it's unlikely to happen. But we still have to be eternally vigilant. We have to hit that ballot box. We got to make sure that the court stays the court that it is, that it stays nine justices, that those that interpret the Constitution and not are activist judges that legislate from the bench that they're not nominated and put on that court. Because things can change, it's possible, and many other things that can affect our life can hang in the balance by these judges, these folks in black robes there. So it's critical that good judges be there, that know, believe, and support the Constitution. I mean, think about it, folks. On the Heller decision, which found the individual right to keep and bear arms in the Second Amendment, that we all know in our hearts means it's an individual right, that obvious, it's so obvious it's an individual right, yet there were four learned justices, four, that said no. 
four of them. Five said yes, four said no, that the Second Amendment is not an individual right. Let that sink in about the court on Heller. Now, with the Bruin case, the recent one, it was 6-3. There are still three judges that say the Second Amendment doesn't apply to your ability to defend yourself outside the home. Think of that. These are justices on our highest court that don't get it. That is how precarious it is. We've got to make sure that justices have that fundamental great understanding of what our Constitution means. And so, yeah, hitting that ballot box is vital. Make sure you vote for freedom, for liberty, for constitutional rights, for less government and more protection of the individual. That's what it's about. We have a society that, look, you know, I want to see minimum government, but not the elimination of government. We have to have some government, some. It's a minimum government. And if you want minimum government, then you're a minarchist, not an anarchist, a minarchist. You want a minimal government. And if you want that minimum government to be based on what? The Constitution. So you can be a constitutional minarchist, meaning a strong government, but one that is completely within the boundaries of the genius of our founding fathers and with those constitutional rights respected and with the Constitution itself followed and interpreted by what it actually says. What it actually says. And that is what we need to maintain freedom in a republic and still have a civilized society. And that was the genius of our founding fathers. And I want to see that genius continue for generations upon generations, and I'm sure you do as well. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.